0: Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to Somos Moss, the official podcast of Somos Mas NM, and your source for the latest news and notes on New Mexico United and the New Mexico Runners. My name, of course, is Seth Belf. Joining me this evening, we have the one, the only, Earl Nieto. Uh, Earl, glad you're with us this evening. 30 seconds. 30 seconds into the show, Earl. i'm sorry what yeah uh yeah we are here we're back uh we are uh we're not under any hurricane warning hurricane watch anything of that nature uh thanks to hurricane hillary the club is back in town the club is going to be taking on oakland roots tomorrow night out of the lab uh earl first and foremost how was your weekend how have you been how are things and how is it that you are now a
1: tarantula tamer well, you see, um, I don't know where you want me to start. How was my weekend? My weekend was great. Um, me and Marlena were kidless this past weekend, so we actually got to go hang out and just enjoy, enjoy, da, 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 and enjoy each other. I sound like John speak John Cena speaking Mandarin right now. Um, if you don't know what that sounds like, it sounds something like this. <laughs> My point. Um, Okay. So this past weekend, me and Marlene got to enjoy just each other. Um, We didn't have any kid with us, so we had just date weekend. Um, So we went went to eat at Tucano's, the new and improved Tucano's. Really good, by the way. Um, That's right. It was shut down for a while, wasn't it? Yeah, they shut down for quite a while and they redid their entire menu, redid their entire atmosphere in the building. And I love it better than I did before. Um, so, yeah, so we, we were able to go hang out there for a little bit. We went and hung out with some friends and went bowling and then just went back to the hotel and just relaxed and waited for Saturday. But overall, we had a really, really good weekend. Um, what was your second question?
0: Uh tarantula tamer. How is it that you're a tarantula tamer?
1: Yeah, so I became a tarantula tamer about 7:30 tonight hmm. where I was told, "Hey, you have a secret word and your secret word is tarantula." All right. So somehow I had to get how to get tarantula in there. Um yeah, if you
0: had th- I think that one would have been fairly obvious if you'd randomly thrown in like tarantula cuz at no point have I ever heard you talk about spiders. So Yeah.
1: don't <laughs> have ever talked about spiders when they're crawling here on my roof or back there on my wall somewhere. Mm-hmm. Um, regardless of that, um, I was told that tarantula was the word of the date, and translate it is. So I became a self-certified tarantula tamer. And so with that, Maya, you can now go to sleep. Love you. Good night. <laughs> Gee, Earl, way to get rid of your daughter. How nice of you.
0: How is uh, how, so? Right. You and I were actually texting last week, and you had you had uh, reached out to potentially do something on Saturday. Coach, I, I was going to be refing. I didn't know what my schedule was. Ended up doing uh, uh, six matches up at the soccer complex throughout the weekend. By the way, folks, there is a critical shortage of referees across youth sports, particularly soccer, um, and it's not just youth soccer; it, it's all of them. Uh, if you have any sort of interest whatsoever, you can get U.S. Soccer certified to become a grassroots referee. Uh, There is a small charge involved with that and and just to do do the course. And then of course you got to do buy buy your uniform and all that kind of stuff. But the leagues in and around town will pay you for your time and it helps out the kids. There's a tournament coming up this weekend, the high desert stampede, I believe is the name of it. It is a, it is a, a critical mass critical shortage, I should say of referees. And they are on the verge of canceling a entire age group worth of games. Um, so if you are interested at all in doing that, please reach out. I can help you get started. I can help you figure out how, where to go and how to do that. Um, it's something I do. I enjoy doing it. It gets me out of the house. It gets me exercise. It gets me up and moving. Uh, if one of those people who tracks your steps and all that kind of fun stuff in six matches, I did, I had three center assignments and three AR assignments. I did somewhere in the neighborhood of, uh, 12 miles for
1: like I said, six, uh, u eleven and, and matches. So, so uh, all I heard out of all that gibberish you just said was "eggs are sides." Another secret word of the day. No, you said "eggs are sides." That's a good way to get eggs or sides or something. I,
0: I exercise. Yeah, sure. Okay. Um, but yeah. So you and I talked about doing doing something ahead of. Uh, the game on Saturday. Um, obviously, you, I mean, unfortunately, you and I, did, you and I did not get the chance to sit down and, and hang out and, and watch the game together. But uh, Saturday night, Santa, uh, San Diego, which was facing down Hurricane Hillary, as it barreled up the up through Monterey into Arizona, Nevada, and California. United came back, came from behind two times to pick up a 2-2 draw against San Diego Loyal on Saturday. Kyle Colonna and Amondo Moreno picking up the goals for United on the evening. Earl, what's your initial reaction to the to the draw on Saturday?
1: It's not a loss. So I'll I'll take it. That is um, true. I believe it or not, I did get a chance to talk to Mondo at the end of the match. Um and he, he, he pen-paled me while he was waiting for his flight. um, And I asked him what his thoughts were before he scored the game-tying goal. Okay. Um, and this is this is what he thought. If you didn't hear what he said, it was... Uh, hey, i you want to see something you cool? You want to see something cool? All ah. right. Um, so, yeah, so I was actually I was impressed with the way we played against San Diego. I mean, the entire match, we looked good. Um, yeah, I mean, we looked really good the entire match. And going down 1-0 five minutes into the match was not a good start, obviously. Mm-hmm. Um, and then turning around and scoring that goal off of a set another set piece um yeah i mean i can't say much more about how we played i thought we played really really good and i was impressed with the hunger that we showed um when i when it came to halftime i was actually sitting outside the cheesecake factory because a certain someone was at a bachelorette party that i was not invited to because i'm not part of the wedding party um and my thought of the first half was – Yeah, they
0: had us the first half. I'm not going to lie.
1: Yeah, they had us the first half because they, they scored and then we scored and they just looked more hungry the first half, but we were still there. We were still trying to play. We were still showing that we wanted to play. And we were consistently looking for that winning or that lead goal. Um. Yeah, I don't want to watch
0: that. <laughs> um you can refuse to watch it all you want
1: but it is a highlight from the match that's good for you um but yeah so like I said we we didn't back down to San Diego who is a playoff caliber team mm-hmm. um then and that's just where it's at we played well well enough that we probably should have won and we let some small mistakes get to us and get, and get goals, such as the header in the third and the fourth minute. But other than that, we played we played good. Mm-hmm. Good enough to show that we have talent. Um, and it begs me to ask the question, is... Dare I ask this question? Yeah, fuck it, why not? Is Eric Quill the answer? That's a, that's a big
0: question. That is a big question, given the fact that he hasn't even had half of a season under his belt yet with the club. Um, Which, know, yeah, I get it.
1: he's only had half a season. Um, but in that half a season, we're on a three-game losing streak. And now we are five games winless. Four games yeah. winless. Sorry. Yeah. 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 Four games winless now. And then the first match that Eric is not there, that Coach Quill's not there. We gonna we show up in San Diego facing down a hurricane to tie it at the death and walk home with and steal three still three points and walk home with one. Uh, that's that's
0: a very, very big question. Uh, Robert in the chat, appreciate you being here as always. We will get to that here in just a little bit, Robert. I do promise you we will be discussing that as well because I want to pick your brain and Harry's if he is here. Um, but Earl, to your question, is Eric Quill the answer? I mean, Coach Quill comes in, we're in the, in the middle of a poor run of form. You know, obviously his first couple of matches at the helm, we don't pick up a win now and that you have to remember in that period, he had very few days of actually training with, with the club, very few days to implement his system. And once he did finally get, get things the way that he wanted it, we reel five unbeaten, which you can't discount that. Now you go back, you look at orange County, Obviously we probably should have won that we, we didn't put away our chances that we had, we let, uh, we fell into playing what orange County wanted to do that night. You look at Hartford Hartford, we just completely shat the bed. I mean, realistically, again, if not for two goals, called back for offside in the first half, that could have been a very ugly game for us. We did not particularly play well. We didn't handle the pace of Hartford and then San Antonio is San Antonio obviously neither you or i felt a win was coming for us in that one um a a draw would have been nice but not neither was expected to win there so i think you have to look at it through through this lens san antonio is not a gimme match by any stretch of the imagination so did we underperform still yes we did we also underperformed in the prior two but here, with this match against San Diego, this is still Eric Quill's fingerprints all over this. Was he on the touchline for this match? No. But he was there throughout the week in preparation. He was in San Diego for this match. He was actually in the press box Saturday night. So it's not like he wasn't involved in the preparation for this. Yes, you had, you had Mac on the, on the touchline, but this is Eric Quill's club. This is Eric Quill's vision for what he wants them to do. And so seeing what he's getting out of these guys, seeing the resurgence of Sergio Rivas, of Armando Moreno, seeing Daniel Bruce contributing the way that he is, this is Eric Quilt's club. Now, when he came in, we were at the time in a playoff position, but he had the unenviable task of turning around a club that was sliding. That was sliding down the, the standings. That was sliding in form. That was not performing up to expectations. I think we can all agree with, with that. Like, yes, we're in the playoff spot, but were we playing up to where we want to be? No. I, I think Eric Quill is the answer. And you see, you see things changing. The signing of Nikki Hernandez. You see Isaac Zulueta. You see Jacobo Reyes coming in. You you now see uh, the newest uh, signing. Zico Bailey coming in. You know, these are all guys who are going to potentially have a tremendous impact on this club, not only for the remainder of this year, but you know, hopefully, you know, next year as well. Because if Quill can keep together the guys that he wants, and I, I I would be willing to bet we see a lot of turnover this offseason. So that Quill can get his guys in, the guys that he's been scouting. And Again, it's still very early. He, we haven't even had half a season under Quill yet, but I think he is the answer, at least to the you know, the, the Troy and Troy you know, 2.0 uh, era of New Mexico United. I, I think Quill has got these guys playing really well, and I think it's going to be beneficial for this club in the long run, having a different philosophy, having a different person at the helm from a different system.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's just a question that I ask because, I mean, yeah, he was at training all week. Yeah, he was at the game in the press box. Um, Yeah, his fingerprints were all over this match, and it was obvious, but it wasn't him running the show. It was Mac running the show. So at the end of the day, Mac gets credit for this win. Well, yes. It, well, not, not a win, but
0: yes, Mac does get a, a draw on his. Yeah. He
1: gets, he gets better than not loss.
0: Yeah. But at, at the same time, again, it's, you know, Mac works closely with coach Quill throughout the week. You know, they work together to put the game plan in place, set the roster, you know, figure out the, the team sheet and the subs that they wanted to have, you know, ready to go for the trip to San Diego. And you, you know, ultimately, it was up to Mac to make the substitution decisions. You know, based on the flow of the game, if you know, decide who to put in, who to bring out. And to be honest with you, I questioned a couple of them there. You know, why bring out Santi there towards the end? Um, but I felt Mac did a good job. I think Mac managed the game to the system that Quill wants to run. I think he managed the substitutions well. The the timing. I think he you know, kept the guys motivated and going forward in an, in an environment where the, the loyal supporters, all, you know, 4,500 of them that were there braving the, the, the weather, you know, they, they make it a tough place to play. They, you know, and San Diego is a very good team. They have been consistent throughout the season. So while you can sit here and say, yeah, it was Mac that did it. I mean, Honestly, you know, it's the same conversation. You look at you know, guys like, you know, uh, you know, I mean, you could say probably Colin Kaepernick because some other guys, you know, Josh Allen, even you know, are they in Dick Foles? Are they game managers? And that's what Mac did on Saturday, he managed the game and kept the guys, you know, focused and doing what they needed to do.
1: Okay, um, and yeah, I mean, you could say what you want. I, I, it's just an honest question that you have to ask yourself. Mm-hmm. Um, and if I'm Peter, I'm asking that same question. Is Eric the Is Eric Quill the answer? Or are we good with what we have being being Mac? I mean, Mac managed exactly what like he said. He managed the game well. Where we've seen and we've questioned it here live where we're asking each other, what is up with the substitution policy that Eric Quill has going on?
0: Mm-hmm.
1: We have, we, we certainly have questioned that.
0: And again, to that point, you know, yes, Mac manages the game, but we have yet to see Mac put his his style, his fingerprints. We've yet to see a a side that is you know Mac designed. And so that's why I can't sit here and say that, you know, that Mac is the answer over you know, over Eric Quill because I think Quill has done a fantastic job in getting the guys motivated and ready to go, you know, for the vast majority of these matches, you know, and I, I, yeah, I can't, I can't go against Quill at this point, you know, give him the, you know, I'm going to give Quill the benefit of the doubt for the remainder of the season. He's probably going to get the benefit of the doubt for next season as well. Now, if we, obviously if we start out next year, like, you know, El Paso is right now, 10 matches winless. Um, it, it might be an issue next year, but, for now quill has my vote of confidence
1: and yeah he still has my vote of confidence don't get me wrong he still has my vote of confidence i mean we still have a good quarter of the season to play so i mean we have what 14 15 more games to play we have 11 okay that was a mm-hmm. quick math um regardless that's still i was looking good- at it earlier we have 11 games left That's still a good quarter of the way to go or third of the way of the match of season to go. Um, There's still plenty of time for a strong playoff push. And if we can work off of what we did in San Diego tomorrow night, I think we should be fine. I think we should be. Um, But that, but we're not talking about tomorrow night. We're still talking about, about Saturday night. Mm -hmm. What was your take On Schneider Borgelin and how he played. I thought he played well. I I
0: thought he had some opportunity. He had a, he didn't have very many opportunities. Um, I did like what I saw out of him though. He was playing off the shoulder of the defenders. He was putting himself in positions to, to where he could be dangerous. You know, Um, again, he's been with the club a handful of days, had a handful of training sessions. Uh, but I liked what I saw. I, I like the energy. I like the effort. Um, I, I can't really complain about anything that I saw out of him uh, on Saturday night. Um, I wish he had a few more opportunities. I, I really and truly do. Like I feel like, again, that's something that we've struggled with all season is creating opportunities, is creating chances for our forwards. And I, I think that you know, here in the final weeks, and we talked about last week, you know, is he going to have time to, to gel? And, you know, we saw, like I said, we saw a couple opportunities, you know, we saw a couple chances uh, for him to potentially become involved and be dangerous, but he looked good. I, I liked what I saw out of him. Um, I think he's going to pay. I think he could potentially pay off here. Um, uh, you know, in the final you know, few weeks of the season, I mean, looking at what he did, you know, one shot on target, one shot off target, one block shot, an additional chance created. So, I mean, he, he was, he was active. He was involved. You know, you can't ask for anything more from a guy who is just coming into the side. Did you see something different? Cause I mean,
1: I, I, I don't know where you're at on him after, you know, one match. No. So I a hundred percent agree with you. I mean, he, he showed flashes of, what we can be, um, he showed that he he shows a lot of holdup. He draws attention because of MLS side, because of his experience that he has training with Messi. I mean, he, yeah, he shows a bunch of a bunch of potential. Mm-hmm. So what I saw out of him, the first couple mat the first couple minutes of the match, I thought I don't know about this guy. We got another. uh, Oh, what the shit is his name? The guy that's up north now, Romario. Romario. Um, we got another, we got ourselves another Romario Williams, but then he broke into the game, and then showed what he can do. He drew attention to where it got guys open. He mm-hmm. he shows that people have to respect him. Yeah,
0: they'll have to. He scored a number of goals for Inter Miami 2 last year in MLS Next Pro. You know, it, it's just it's one of those things where a striker comes in to a system that he hasn't played in before. It's going to take him some time. And that's not to say that he doesn't have a high footballing IQ or anything like that, but you know, to gel with new teammates. It, it's always going to be a factor no matter what team they go to, no matter what sort of system they're coming from or going to. You're going to have to have that time to gel. Now, 11 matches to play
1: and we're gonna get we're gonna knock four of them out here in the next two weeks so um yeah so before we cool. go on i do need to touch on harry's comment about the rankings um so going back to it harry's rankings this is harry's personal opinion um which mean I, I mean they mean a lot because harry also watches wrestling so harry you have a safe spot in my heart still um regardless of that harry's rankings of Somos mas hosts one is the guy who hasn't been here in five weeks now um which I hope you're doing fine I know you're probably listening um, I hope you're doing fine um two is the guy up there for whatever reason someone likes this guy um and because of Robert a distant third team Earl so with that comment um that funny
0: Text in on the hotline. Text coming in on the hotline here. Apparently, I am the number one host. So, uh, I mean, <laughs> that might be a bias at this point.
1: It, it might be at this point, but I'll, I will take it. I will gladly take any bias. So. Um, so, yeah, so, if you laughed at Harry's comment, there's something seriously wrong with you. Um, going back to our normally scheduled broadcast,
0: no, no. so I'm told there's no bias, so no bias. Um, but yeah, it's yeah, we we looked a lot better against San Diego than we did against San Antonio, and even against you know Hartford or Orange County, uh, which is good to see. You know, it, it's good to see uh, a stronger performance. You know, better cohesion, particularly through the midfield, is where I thought that we played really well on Saturday. You could see guys getting forward and sergio rivas is a guy that uh you know he, he had a bit of a renaissance uh a few weeks ago with with quill at the helm and for him to um for him to have the showing that he did on saturday i felt he was taking possession deeper in the, in the defensive half and driving the ball forward being creative with the ball uh forcing the issue with defenders and that's something that we need to see out of sergio he did that was something that he did excessively well last year. Um, and it's good to see that out of him again here, uh, you know, this year with Quill.
1: Yeah, definitely. Um, there was a point in this season where he was stagnant. He was just hanging out and he was just there. Really, he was there. Um, But ever since Eric came on and has taken over, he's had a more pivotal role in what, is going on. I mean, he's touching the ball a lot more. He's taking shots like you saw just, just a little bit ago. Um, Yeah. I mean, he, he definitely has a strong pivotal role and this guy up here has his own text, has his text line. I have my own text line. Um, My nephew, Javi or Javi narrow for new fan from last week. Um, he has a question. Okay, let, let's have it. Where did you guys get the name Somos Mas?
0: That, that's, a, that's a great question, uh, Javi. Um, so initially we were um, – uh, I, I did another another show um, back in year one, and then uh, Earl was doing the Somos Inios news. News. Uh, Earl and Jacob were both doing that. And Jacob and I sat down when we decided that we wanted to do the podcast together. And when we talked about naming, we decided that we wanted to, we wanted to be more than, you know, than just one thing. We want to be more than just, you, you know, United coverage. So we decided, you know, uh, Somos Mas, we are more. Um, so we try to, you know, well, we do cover the New Mexico runners, we talk about Uh, sports at large we talk about different topics and we'll probably talk some fantasy football here in a few weeks we talk baseball we talk basketball talk a little bit so like we're more than just united um while that is our focus we do talk other things and so you know jacob and i felt like that was a fitting title for the show Um, hold on a
1: minute asshole hold on a minute asshole (laughs) I need to roll back the tape because I – the way the story I remember goes was we were back and forth, all three of us. Yeah, we were. Yeah, we were. And, forth, yeah. and we weren't sure what was going on and what we were going to do. We were looking for a rebrand. Um, and I was driving home from work one day from Albuquerque back to Mojarty, and I stumbled across something Real Madrid, like Somos Real Madrid or something crazy along that line. mm mm-hmm. And then I text you guys. What about Somos Mas? Because we technically are more than just United Soccer. Yeah. And we had a board meeting and a vote of confidence. And four years later, here we are with Somos Mas.
0: Yeah, because eventually when Jacob and I did this, well, we were Suncast, um, and then we yeah decided that it just it wasn't a thing anymore because you know Somos and those News went away. Um, and we were we were grateful to be able to use the name uh you know Suncast to begin with so. Uh, but yeah, no, Earl is correct. We uh, it was a discussion between all three of us. It wasn't just Jacob and myself. Um, you know, Earl has been a has been a big part of this as well. So don't want to you know downplay Earl's role. in <laughs> it's almost Moss. I'm, right. I'm all right. <laughs> um, but no, yeah, there you go. That's our origin story, hobby. Like I said, uh, I've been podcasting since year one of the show or year one of the, of the club, and then we did almost uh, with Suncast starting season two. And then we eventually morphed into Somos Moss.
1: But and then we did a World Cup cast.
0: Yeah, we did a World Cup cast. Five uh, days straight. Yeah, that was uh, that was a lot. I don't think we're gonna do that for the next one. Although Thank next time, man. although the next time the men's World Cup comes around, we may, we may be, be there. Gonna, we're gonna, yeah, we're gonna, we're gonna do our best to do a live remote
1: from uh, World Cup 2026. So which when uh, you text me when you started moving. So here's a funny story. Um, and Marlena can vouch for this I think she's already in bed So if you are, good night. I love you um, When you text me Like two weeks before you're moving Hey, what are you doing July 8th I'm like um, I don't think anything My crazy ass mind decided to get looking To see what was happening July 8th <laughs> Turns out There was a Gold cup match in Vegas Yeah, yeah. Or California, somewhere's on the west side of, of America. And I was and I told Marlita, this motherfucker's gonna want to drive to Vegas or or California for the World Cup for a Gold Cup match. And she says, okay. I said, and I'm all for it. Let's fucking go. Yeah, that would have been fun. Uh and I then wish- this asshole decides to say, no, nah, I just need to help moving.
0: Yeah, I I wish the the plans had been different that weekend. Um I, I really and truly do. But, you know, it's uh, part of life. But um, So, yeah, way, way off track here. But thank you for the question, Javi. do uh, absolutely appreciate that. Um, but, yeah, I, I think things looked a lot better Saturday night. I think we did a lot of things really well. And, you are know, looking at these final 11 matches, again, we have one opponent in these final 11 matches, uh, Las Vegas, that is below the playoff line currently. So, you know, Oakland has, you know, you look at the rest, again, 10 out of 11 is playoff level teams at the moment and not a single one of them is going to be easy by any stretch of the imagination, particularly for New Mexico United, who only just got back into town last night. Um, We mentioned earlier, hurricane Hillary had uh, some effects on travel out in Arizona, California, Nevada. The club was unable to leave uh, Sunday they knew prior to the match on Saturday that the flight on Sunday was, was going to be canceled. So the front office jumped in the gear, tried to find another means to get the club back in town. They attempted to bus uh, to attempted to book a bus from San Diego to Phoenix, where they would have flown from Phoenix to Albuquerque. The bus got canceled. So the team stayed in San Diego until last night, where they took the I was told the last flight out of town, out of San Diego, got in late last night. Um, they did do their recovery and some rehab in San Diego over the weekend. There was a fantastic facility that they used. Uh, they didn't, they were not able to do any sort of work on the ball, but they did do other conditioning and strengthening and all that kind of stuff on Monday. Uh, they did train late today, which included the newest addition Zico Bailey, uh, who will be available for selection tomorrow night. Um, So I don't – again, we don't know for a fact whether or not he will be part of the 18 yet. Rosters had to have been submitted, I believe, today for that. Uh, So I expect him to at least be available for selection. Whether or not he makes the 18, I don't know. But, yeah, the club's back in town. They trained today, ready for Oakland Roots tomorrow. Um, It was a bit of a lighter and later training session today because of the travel issues. I mean, Earl, I mean, looking at this, obviously Oakland has put together a fairly solid season uh, by by any account. Uh, how hard is it for United to come in after really only, you know, having one day of training and dealing with the travel issues? Do you think that affects them tomorrow, tomorrow night, against, night Oakland? against
1: Oakland? I don't think it does. Um, we've already played Oakland before, so we kind of know what they have. Um... They haven't made any major off or major mid-season splashes. So what they have is pretty much what they got. And I'm assuming that with Eric being in San Diego, I don't know how he got home. I don't know if he flew back with the team or if he flew back earlier, what his whole travel situation was like. I'm assuming um, with the team. My assumption is with the team. So with that, that gave him that much time to – Prepare for Oakland. So he didn't have to stress about, here's what United's doing. Here we are, here we are, here we are. Um. So he was able to focus on what was upcoming, being Oakland. So I'm assuming that with the flight home and with the long delay that they had in, in San Diego, they were able to at least sit down and talk about what Oakland has, get a quick overview of what we're going to see. And then take the trip out of town. Um, so I'm not, uh, I'm not stressed about Oakland tomorrow night. Um, only because we seem to do better midweeks. We seem to do better on short notice. Uh, that's just that's how we play. Yeah, yeah,
0: I, I – I, I, whatever you've what, got planned, mute it because I'm getting feedback. Yeah, and whatever I'm saying is, like, coming through your speakers. So, okay, I think that's better. Yeah, okay. Um, yeah, I don't know how much the, the travel is going to impact the guys. I mean, obviously, you would like to be home. You like to be training. You would like to have that extra day of, of you know a training session on the ball. Uh, particularly when you have you know another new player coming in, and you know with uh, Borsellino coming in last week, you know you want more opportunities to to try and gel and work on things together. That being said, back home, obviously they're going to get you know uh, you know at least two nights rest two nights of rest here at home. They're going to be playing at home in front of the faithful. My guess is probably around seven eight thousand tomorrow night. Uh, school is back in session, unfortunately, so. That will drive attendance down somewhat. Um, but, yeah, it, again, back at home, a little bit of a little bit of momentum now coming off of the San Diego match. Um, you know, I look at this. I did my preview earlier for 101.7, the team, and to me it comes down to their back line for, for them. Paul Blanchett has done a fantastic job between the six for them. Uh, Bob Bacart and Jai has been – it's been solid on their back line and they're they've really kind of limited teams in their chances you know on goal which obviously if you do that for the most part you're going to have some level of success but you know looking at those two in particular they've really worked together well um and helped anchor that that oakland defense and you know, offensively, they tend to lean on Johnny Rodriguez quite a bit. You know, he is our leading scorer with nine goals. Um, he's a guy that's been with them since 2020, and I just don't know how much support he has around him. I mean, yeah, you've got a number of guys that you know, two, three, four goal. You know, you know, two, three, four goals. I think it was at four. I might just play like twos and threes. Um, if I remember what, what I looked at earlier, but you know, against you know, veteran players like what we have at the back. I think our defense, our, I think our back four stacks up a lot better against Oakland's, you know, front three or you know, front two, however you want to look at it, um, than the other way around. I feel like we're a bigger mismatch offensively than they are. So um those are my matchups to watch, more so than the than the midfield. I know we've talked a lot about the midfield in, in recent weeks and over throughout the year, but you know that to me is, is what to watch this weekend. You know which you know back four can contain the the attacking three or you know two of the other side the best, um, particularly you know in space.
1: Yeah, I feel the same way. I mean, if our if our midfield and attack can expose their back line and expose their midfield, then I think we're fine. Um, if we can play Oakland the way we played San Diego, and just with the run of form that we had in that match, I mean, I, I don't see any issue with Oakland at all. Um, I feel a whole lot more confident about Oakland than I do about San Diego and than I do about Sacramento or San Antonio, um, combined. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, I can see that and I completely understand why, you know, even though we did beat Sacramento three mil a few weeks ago, um, you know, I, I think Oakland is a far more beatable team than, than the other than the others, like you mentioned in Orange County, just, you know, flying off the charts right now. Um, but yeah, I, I think, I think Oakland, while they've been sought at the back, they are beatable. Um, and so you, you look at the upcoming matches, you know, obviously we have Oakland, you know, Tomorrow night and then Saturday, we have make sure I have this correct here because I have a whole bunch of notes. We have FC Tulsa on Saturday. Um, honestly, I think Roots is more beatable than FC Tulsa is. Um, that's just me. Uh, I know Harry and Harry might disagree with me there, but um, I I think if we're going to pick up you know points here short notice again, Wednesday, Saturday, Wednesday, Saturday for the next two weeks. You know, you got to look at Oakland. You got to look at Vegas uh, as your two best possibilities to pick up three points in each of those, uh, compared to FC Tulsa and even Charleston Battery at this point. Um, But you know, eleven matches ago, you've got to get momentum somewhere. You've got to build that. I mean, we're sitting, you know, know, right out of the playoff picture. I think we're we are three points back of El Paso, who again are you know ten matches winless at this point. You know, RGV is still very hit or miss in their form. You know, we could easily overtake them. And Rising, obviously, is still sitting at 32 points as well with their mess of a season. Um, but, yeah, because, I mean, realistically at this point, you're looking at 4 through 8 still up for grabs. Because I don't see Sacramento and San Antonio, you know, seeding a whole lot of room. And even Orange County is probably more than likely going to pull away just a little bit. But you know we've got to get something going here at some point. We've we've got to get uh, a run of form. We've got to get some confidence going if we want to make the playoffs and even carry that into the playoffs for potentially
1: a you know a playoff win. Yeah, hundred percent. And I'm looking at the table right now, and if we get on a run of form, and start winning. I mean, you said otherwise, but I. See us able to capture third, but that would mean that Oakland falls off the counter and we decide to take that spot. But that would take a lot of miracle work, and I don't, I don't see that happening.
0: Yeah, I mean we're eleven points back of Orange County right now, and you know looking at our schedule let me look at Orange county's schedule because I don't know yeah what, what theirs looks like, but um. The back end, and we've talked, you know, I've talked about our the back end of our schedule is just awful. I mean, Orange County has uh Sac Republic, they've got Vegas, they've got El Paso, Colorado, uh, San Antonio, Phoenix, Oakland, San Antonio. They've got San Antonio twice still. So I, I I mean, it we would need help along the way. And we would number one, we gotta get the results ourselves and then we would need a lot of help um, in order to take third. Because yeah, I just I think there's a lot of beatable, a lot of winnable matches in here for Orange County, particularly Vegas, El Paso, Colorado, and Phoenix. Um, Monterey Bay as well. Um, So I think Orange County is in a pretty good position to finish out their season. Um, So I, I don't know about third. I mean, honestly, at this point, I could see us maybe getting six, seven. But again, it's a very difficult end of the season, and it's got to start off, you know, well tomorrow night against Oakland.
1: Yeah, hundred um, percent. I mean, we can beat around the bush all we want, but I'm gonna call it two nil, us.
0: Not that's not a bad scoreline. I, I don't. I, I I could see it happening. I, I absolutely could you know um because again oakland is not a team that's necessarily gonna threaten you a whole lot you know um i don't know about two nil i would like to see two
1: nil i think I, I think that's a very much hang on i need to change my score okay <laughs> two one we do score two. But I give it one because I do not have faith in Alex Tembeck is keeping a, clear, a clean sheet. He just had three in four matches.
0: Like Once again,
1: <laughs> I don't have faith in Alex Tenback is keeping a clean sheet. Okay. Okay, then. Um, not against a playoff team. Mm, okay. Um, Let me clarify that part. Not against a playoff caliber team sitting fourth right now. <laughs>
0: I was like, do you not remember us getting a clean sheet against Sacramento a couple weeks ago? Yeah, I remember that.
1: Okay. But he also played his freaking life out. <laughs> All
0: right. So Earl's going two one tomorrow night against Oakland Roots. Um, I would like to see us put two past. I don't think it's going to happen. I'm going to go one nil. I'm going to go one nil tomorrow night, Oakland. Um. You know, got to start somewhere. I think Borselen gets, gets his first goal. I think we, I do think we see uh, Bailey tomorrow, and I do want to talk to him about, about him in just a minute. So, um, but yeah, I just, I, I think that's what's going to happen. And then you know, FC Tulsa uh, at the weekend. Tulsa is currently sitting eighth in the Eastern Conference. Coming off, they are. Uh, they've lost three of four. Lost to the Rowdies, drew his switchbacks, lost to Blue City, lost to Tampa Bay. So they've lost to Tampa Bay twice in the past month. Um, their one win in their last five was over RGV. Um, Tulsa's on the verge of falling out of playoff position. Um, Bro, you know, before my-
1: we carry on to Tulsa, um, chat line blowing up. Uh, 2-1 from Javi for United. 2-1. All right.
0: There you go. There's Javi's prediction. We'll see what happens on on Wednesday for you, Javi. Um yeah, I mean, you know, Tulsa's on the verge of, of falling out of the playoffs. And you know, they have Miami and Detroit City knocking on the door, and even Loudon only uh you know five points out of a playoff position there at the Eastern Conference. Again, top to bottom, I feel like the Western Conference is head and shoulders better than the East. Um and I know Harry has been tracking the record. I don't know the record off the top of my head. I know Jacob is tracking it as well. As FC's as FC Tulsa's record? No, no the the inter conference, like East versus West. Oh. Yeah, I know Harry was tracking. I know Jacob was tracking. It. I don't know what it's at uh, myself, but you know, I, we're kind of us and Tulsa are kind of in the same boat. You know, a lot of a, a good amount of disappointment, a lot of underachieving so far this year. Um, I just, I look at that one on Saturday and, you know, I I have to think FC Tulsa at home, a team that's, you know, lost three of five, um, you know, not really a whole lot of confidence at this time. It seems, you know, I've got to take us, you know, I'm going to say two nil over FC Tulsa on Saturday at home. And I just, please don't prove me wrong. I don't want to be wrong about that one. Um, I just don't think that uh, as good as Philip Goodrum is for Tulsa, I don't think that they have enough to come out to the lab and, and beat United.
1: And I I feel different. Um, FC Tulsa is a very, very talented team. I mean, you look at who they have. They have Milo Yosef, Marcus Epps, Philip Goodrum. That's just their attack. Their midfield, they have a bunch of nobodies. Really, Thomas McCabe is the only one that stands out to me. Um, But then their defense, I mean, there's one name that stands out Rosh. Rashid Mm -hmm. Tete returns back to Albuquerque to face the team that got him started in the USL out here. Mm -hmm. Um, I believe Rashid was the rookie of the year 2019.
0: I think so. I'd have to look it up, but I think I think you are correct.
1: Yeah, I want to say he was rookie of the year twenty nineteen. Um I love Rashid. Mm-hmm. With the passion, love him. Super uh, nice guy. Yeah, definitely. And I definitely feel different about the two nil. I I do see us winning, but once again I don't have faith. In our goalkeeper.
0: Okay.
1: Which, if anyone on the United front office powers that be that have staff that go out and scout people, such as Inamar, um, there is a world, a U.S. men's national team, former U.S. men's national team goalkeeper sitting right now available with the name of Bill Hamid.
0: No. No. What do I, you mean, I mean no? I mean, yes, he is, but no, no, I don't I would not bring in Bill. So Hunter. you
1: you would rather take Alex Tambakis over US men's national team experience is what you're saying. Yes. Why? I mean, I, you look at what Besides happened, the age him. factor, besides the age, <laughs> I mean I know that's where your happy ass is going.
0: That's part of it, you know. And you know, yes, he played with you know Tim Howard and you know he, he's been around for, for quite a while. He's he's on the downside of his career at this point. Um I just I I, I don't I wouldn't have any faith in Hamid. Um, because you, you look at what um you go, you look at what Memphis has done this year and, you know, with Hamid between the sticks, I mean, he, he wasn't great, you know, that he didn't get, necessarily get a lot of time, but he wasn't great in his appearances for them. So I just, I, I can't, I cannot get behind bringing in Bill Hamid, especially when we have a guy, um, you know, in Alex Tambakis, who is more than capable of leading this team and, and picking up clean sheets.
1: I don't know about you, Seth. (laughs) I'm trying to do my quick fact checks on you. Mm -hmm. Um, Okay. So, he started 10 times. Mm -hmm. And of those 10, he has two clean sheets. Mm -hmm. He has 29 saves and 12 goals allowed. I I don't understand where you're coming from.
0: Um. Oh, new chatter over here with us. Chris from Seek and Strike Collective. Appreciate you popping in, but hope you're doing well. Haven't seen you in a while. Uh, hope all is well with you. Um, can't get over on Atlanta United. Lore wins every time. See, that's the thing. That that's the thing. You could you can sit here and say Atlanta United Lore, but Alex Tambacas never played a single minute for Atlanta United. Yes, he was the first signing in club history for Atlanta United, but uh it it, it has no bearing on this whatsoever. I would take Tambakas over Hamid at this point. again, Hamid's on the on on the backside of his career, um, didn't have a great year with Memphis. I, I just I couldn't justify the signing of him when you have, you know. Tim Bacchus and you know, even Ford Parker behind him, you know. I, I think we have a I think we have a solid stable of keepers at this point that can do the job. And, you know, Alex is, has shown. And realistically, if you watch, I mean, if you go back and watch the, the goals that we've conceded this year, the times that we've run into issues, it's when our center backs get beat. It's when our center backs get pushed up too far and they get beat on the break and they can't turn and make a play. And you can't put all of that on Alex. You can't. Like, Alex can only do so much. And if you look at some of the goals that, that have been scored, like, again, even Hartford, you know, the, the the back four were getting beat consistently by the pace that Hartford were putting out there. And all, all Alex can do is try to make himself as big as possible and try to, you know, limit the, the angle that any striker or winger or whoever's, you know, barreling at him has – I mean if your back line is getting beat again, like we were against San Antonio, like we were against Hartford, um, like we saw earlier in the season when we saw, you know, Kalen and 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 Will or Kalen and and, and Sam getting sucked up into, into the middle, you know, up near midfield, you're gonna have those issues.
1: Folks, this is the crazy gibberish talk fifth. This is the set that has not slept in three or four days, and it shows that delusion definitely has kicked in on this guy. Um, so with that, my score prediction for FC Tulsa is far different from yours. Okay. Because, like I said, I don't have faith in Alex Tambakis. Um, or if you look him up on ESPN, Alex Alexandros. Tabacus, not even Tabakis, mm-hmm. Um, So with that, I say three-one United.
0: Three-one, yeah. Okay, so you're you're leaning heavy into the attacks suddenly gelling once again. Yes. Okay. So is is that is that due in large part due to Borgeland? Is it you know something else? Like what is the factor uh-huh. that you're leaning in when you go to to the offense? you know, picking up five goals in two matches this week?
1: I think it's Borgesland. I mean, he definitely impressed me this past weekend um, with him only having one day to train with the club and then hop on a flight to go to, oh, to San Diego to go face the hurricane and then fly back. Um, so with that, I mean, he has I – de- I have faith in him. I have trust in him that he can – Put some kind of run together on this on this squad and and lead us to he call me crazy, but I feel like he can do for us what Messi is doing over there in Miami, where he starts to win. I so, he his club start winning.
0: So so you're calling?
1: No 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 no. I'm not calling him Messi. I'm okay. saying he can help us do what he, what Messi's doing over there. Put some wins together to get us back on track. Interesting. Okay. Um, and you can't even say anything about that because <laughs> Messi has been here for eight whole weeks and has already lifted a freaking title, which pains me because I am a huge... Nashville fan. So watching my club, I mean not really get decimated by Messi, um, but watching my club go head to head with Messi and lose fucking hurts.
0: So yes, Inter Miami uh you know uh obviously won Leagues Cup, but they're still sitting dead last in the Eastern Conference.
1: Yeah, because Messi didn't come sooner <laughs>
0: Well, I mean, clearly, it would be different if he had been here sooner. But I mean, you know, they're behind Toronto, NYCFC, and even you know New York Ripples, who you know we love dearly. You know, Troy and Zach. Um, but yeah, it's I, I I I can't justify saying that you know he's going to have the messy effect. I mean, is he going? As long as he can gel, I think there's a possibility of him being highly impactful. But the messy effect, no. I don't go that far uh, question over in the chat from Chris, uh, but we have, but have we addressed square balls in the goal? Oakland loves that? Um, that is something that we hadn't actually discussed, uh, but you're, you are correct. It is something that Oakland loves to do. Um, but with the system that Eric Quill likes to play, you don't see the center back pushing up quite as much. You tend to see them, you know, sitting back a little bit more and they play a bit more compact through the middle. So the square balls are, are something that we shouldn't necessarily see a whole lot of because you're going to have, depending on where Sam lines up, you may have Sam there at center back with just like Kalen and have him, you know, stepping up or playing at a CDM role, which I'm not as big of a fan of, where he can drop back into the box almost like a fifth defender and, and help fill that space there to prevent that from happening. But you look at the play of Kyle Colonna over the weekend uh, and even Kalen was – better on saturday night um yeah i don't put a whole lot of faith in that square ball from oakland um i just think that we have the ability to clog that middle there uh, a bit better than what oakland to do in terms of service so earl any thoughts on chris's question there in the chat
1: I don't know what he means by that last comment for ah uh, they're
0: gonna be missing uh Formella from their uh their team sheet.
1: Yeah, I mean, you said it best. I mean, we don't really have the empty holes or the large holes on our defense that we had. Um, essentially, we have Kaylin and Sam now camping in the backfield. Once in a while, we have Sam pushing up, but then Kaylin moves over and fills that entire line. Um, so yeah, so I don't really see them getting through and attacking our backline harsh, mostly because they don't really have much of a threat going anyways, versus considering what they have on their attack. Um, yeah, I named off a couple names, but with that, if we can, if we can stifle those three names, and I know we're not going to see all three names, we're probably going to see two of them, maybe one. Um, if we can stifle that attack with our defensive midfield and our back line, then I think we're fine. I think they get one in on us, um, but I don't think it's a 1v1 with, with Alex Tambekis. I think it's a uh, set-piece goal that that we seem to love to be giving up these
0: days. Yeah, that was something I was not apparently happy with on Saturday. But given the the nature of that header, that the flicked on header, and then the one that they scored on, I mean, there's really not a lot you can do about that. Um, a bit unfortunate there, but yeah, it's it should be an interesting week to see what happens, to see, you know, how do the new signings fit in? You know, does Borjelink get his first goal? He he almost had one on Saturday. But does he get his first one, you know, either Wednesday or Saturday this week? And then how does um, Bailey fit in? then uh, Bailey's the last topic I wanted to get to this evening. Uh, Zico Bailey coming over from San Antonio FC. Obviously, details of the move were not announced by either club. Um, but it sounds like he'll be with us uh, through at least the remainder of the season. Um, he's a guy that, you know, he, talking to Robert and Harry that they're both very big on you know, ton of pace, a guy who plays well out of the back, he tends to swing out wide, you know, on the right side. Um, so it would be interesting to see, you know, how he fits in. Uh, I think defensively he's an improvement over, you know, obviously having uh, either, you know, Brucey or Harry Swartz out there, but um, I'm excited to see what he can do. Um, you and I were talking earlier about, we weren't sure whether or not we'd seen him before and we have not seen him against New Mexico United at any point, but he's a guy that comes in with a ton of experience, you know, played for FC Cincinnati, played for San Antonio, um, spent some time in the LA galaxy system as well. So, uh, guy with a lot of experience, he is very young still. He is only 22. Um, I'm excited for this, uh, for this signing in particular, just cause I want to see what he can do but when it was announced i was a little bit surprised because i felt like our our defense had been had been fairly good um over the past you know, month or two aside from the san antonio match uh which obviously we just got burned and we got burned against hartford as well but um it'll be interesting to see how he fits in i was really kind of surprised that we didn't sign another midfielder or an attacker now we will have bees back before too long i believe bees is still one maybe two weeks away i um I, I can't i don't know for certain i have an idea of his timeline but i don't know when he'll be back based off of things that i that i've seen um so maybe that's the reason we didn't go that route is, were you surprised by the signing earl do you think we should have signed someone else you know particularly in a different position or is this a necessary move
1: No, I definitely think it's a necessary move. I mean, you look at what we've had going on. Um, Our defense, they're tired. We've had Kalen play all but one match, I believe. We've had Sam play all but one match. We've had Will play every match. And then Suggs, he is our super sub at this point. Where he's came on, he's now probably broke 25 Twenty-two thousand minutes that he's played. I mean, twenty-one thousand. I don't know. My math is pretty terrible. He's probably close to you know twenty thousand, you know, two hundred. But... I want to say probably more because I was at the Sacramento match when he hit twenty thousand, mm-hmm. and that was five weeks ago. So he's he's inching close, definitely to twenty-one thousand, somewhere around there. Um, 20,500. I don't know. Regardless, 20,500, we can settle on that. Um, so yeah, so our defense is definitely tired. So seeing a defensive person come in, I'm happy for it because now that allows more depth on defense. That allows Kalen to get a break, that allows uh, Sam to get breaks. My big question though is say Zico comes on and shows out. Mm-hmm. Does that spell the end for the person he came on to sub for?
0: I think it depends. I-, I think it really depends. Um
1: I think and no, very- I know what you're thinking. This is not me saying this is a replacement for Sam. I don't believe that. <laughs> no, I Sam, don't doesn't, believe Sam doesn't play Sam out that. wide. Right. But, I don't believe yeah. this is a Sam Hamilton replacement. Um, But does this, and it could be a tactic change where now we have, will see more playing his primary role being central defensive man.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, it could be that it could be uh, again, you know, I mentioned it earlier, you know, zico comes in he is definitely more defensive minded than you know either brucey or swartz or even you know that i wouldn't say sucks but you know whoever you're gonna throw out there on the right you know um so it could be you know it, it could be that when you know, one of those guys you know loses you know that's that almost a right back wing back spot again but you also have the ability to push them up higher um if you choose to keep them now that would be a bit of a, a system change from what we've seen so far. And now, to be fair, Coach Cool has put out a number of different systems, uh, but they all play similarly in, in in how he wants to create and push the ball through the middle uh, in order to open up those wide areas. So, um, but yeah, it's, and to Chris's point, kind of chat, we keep wingers up, won't have to be too creative uh, overly utilizing players like Bruce Seymour, et cetera. Yeah, I mean, that all plays into it as well. You know, you can. You know, you could certainly was obviously, you know, Brucey's been playing at top a lot more than we have seen him at the wing back or, you know, a winger position this year. And so, I mean, you bring in Zico, you could put him there at the right, you know, put Brucey up as a wing, put him up at top, you know, you can still use him in that role, but then you, you get to also like, you know, potentially you know, not run Josh Suggs quite as much off the left. And then put you know put Harry over there, put someone else over there that can get the ball in from the wider areas, or can overlap with Santi a bit better, you know, and play that ball in. I think gives you a, a little bit stronger of an attack off of both sides with Zico, and then you know either you know like I said, put Harry or yeah, put Harry on the left, Santi up higher. Even put Austin on the left. I think Austin's great out wide too, um, which I would love to see more of Austin this year. Which we're running out of opportunities, but you know it's it'll be interesting to see what happens the final few weeks of the season. It'll be interesting to see, you know, again, how do the guys gel? How do things work? How does Quill system with the guys that he wants to come in? How does it, you know, have an overall effect on the club? How does it affect the guys that have been here? And we're obviously going to have a lot more to talk about in the coming weeks and even into the off season where we try to figure out, you know, what moves does Quill make, you know, how big of a roster turnover do we see in the off season, uh, does making the playoffs affect that or not? I don't, I think if we make the playoffs, I think we still see a, a bit more turnover than we have just because, you know, Quill wants his guys. So um Earl, any closing thoughts before we get out of here this evening?
1: I don't have any closing thoughts. I mean, I was, I was impressed. what I thought Saturday. I'm hoping it carries on until to, into tomorrow and into next Saturday, into this coming Saturday. Um, the next eleven matches are going to be very interesting. I mean, that's that's where it's at. Is it's going to be very very interesting and very intriguing football to be played the next four weeks? I think is where it pans out to be.
0: Yeah, the, the regular season is winding down rather quickly. We have, I think, uh, from today, I think it's six, maybe seven weeks worth of matches left to play before the playoffs. Um, I mean, there's there's still hope. There's still hope that New Mexico United can make the playoffs. It's going to be a very difficult schedule. Again, 10 out of 11 opponents, 10 out of 11 opponents are currently in playoff positions. So, yeah, it's going to be interesting to see what happens. You've heard our predictions for this week. We will obviously be back next week. 9 and o'clock.
1: before before Seth signs off, mm-hmm. um, I did have the Facebook up the entire show. Um, for the 10 people that we had watching live on Facebook, I thank you. And I'm sure Seth and Jacob, I probably speak just for them. Um, Chris, it was great having you, in, having you in the chat. Javi, I know you're texting in. That's cool. Um, we hope you as well. He just texted me, as I said, his name. We hope you have a great night as well. Have a good day tomorrow at school. Um, but for the 10 people that were watching on Facebook, we appreciate you more than anything. Believe it or not, we actually do on YouTube. I didn't really watch on YouTube what was going on, but the Facebook side, Definitely was off the hook. Um, my biggest comment is if you're watching and you're lurking, that's cool. I'm okay with that. Just make sure your thumbs work and hit that like button, hit that share button. Um, if you feel so inclined to, there's a cool star button you could do. You could do all kinds of fun nonsense on that thing. Um, we're working on getting able to get subscriptions out there to you guys. You guys can actually subscribe to this on Facebook. Um, but until then, that's cool. This guy has the rest of the show. <laughs>
0: uh, yeah. As all said, thank you to everyone who tuned in this evening, whether you're on Facebook, YouTube, or Twitter. We do appreciate you. Uh, Robert, Harry, Javi, uh, Melanie, Chris, appreciate each and every one of you contributing to the show. And, some and Marlena. No, I can't, forget and Marlena right. I can't forget Marlena or Maya. Can't leave either of them out either. Uh, we do appreciate you guys popping on over in the chat. As Earl said, you know you can obviously you know, go like, favorite, share, all that fun stuff on whatever platform you're watching on. Um, all of that helps us. Make sure you listen to the podcast later in the week when it does go live on every major podcast platform uh, basically around the world. If we're not on the one that you use, please let us know. We will make sure the show gets on there. Um, that's obviously the that's number one, the biggest way to support the show um uh earl said something about stars i guess stars supports the show somehow i don't know a whole lot about stars over on facebook but you can do that uh we have talked internally about starting a patreon um again none of our content will ever be paywalled everything will come to you guys uh, but we do have costs that go along with the show we do pay these out of our own pockets because we love doing this show we love covering the club we love being a part of things and we want to be able to keep, to keep doing this I'm, and again i'm not saying we can't we certainly can but um, if you'd like to to support the show in any way, uh, you know we'll always we'll always be here again. Like subscribe, all that fun stuff. Share stars. I mean, if we figure out the Patreon thing, we'll let
1: you guys know. Um, just another way to support what we do. Um, so eventually, what we might do, and Seth, I might talk to you about this one. Um, the new thing that the kids are into right now is Kick. So. Mm-hmm. We might somehow figure out kick and get onto that. I don't know yet. Seth is the guy that's in charge of all that fun nonsense. Um, I'm just a comedic relief. Um, So I think Seth has some stuff. And then I have some message from our sponsors that we don't really have.
0: Yeah. Um, Yeah. If if that's that. So I do know about kick. That is something we can potentially do. We do have a Twitch channel, which Earl streams on occasionally. Um, So with Kick, if we did that, it would be a separate streaming platform from StreamYard. Uh, there is no integration with Kick in StreamYard, uh, so it would be a separate thing. And the only concern that I have would be uh, bandwidth issues. Um, that's the only concern that I have, but it's something that we can certainly do and look at if you would rather be on Kick or Twitch or whatever the case may be. Um, but again, Wednesday night, Saturday night, New Mexico United, two matches at home, the first two of a four-match homestand. Uh, you've gotten our predictions uh, for Jacob, for Earl, for myself. We appreciate each and every one of you again. And until Tuesday night, 9 o'clock, we'll be back to break down both matches this week and talk about both matches next week. So expect a long show next week as well. Until next time, Somos Unidos. Junior Double
1: triple.